Welcome. I'm Maria White, professional organizer, owner of Enough With The Stuff, and host of this podcast, Organize Your Stuff. I am thrilled you're joining me for a listen today. I will share tips on getting organized in all areas of your life, so stay tuned for simple tips or interviews with industry experts sharing their unique methods and insights for getting your home and life organized once and for all. This podcast will provide support, encouragement, and motivation along the way. I hope while you are listening, the topic will resonate and inspire you to organize your stuff. Welcome everyone to the next episode of Organize Your Stuff. Today's episode is called Conscious Consumption for the Holidays and Year-Round Living. What is conscious consumption, you might ask? Well, conscious consumption can mean different things to different people. For some, it could just mean that they only buy items with little to no packaging in order to reduce waste or who use environmentally sourced materials and ingredients. For others, it could mean that they only purchase items that are produced by ethical businesses who don't use, say, children to produce the items or they don't use toxic carcinogenic ingredients. Still, others may view conscious consumption as only purchasing what is truly needed by avoiding the impulse buys of products that will have a short lifespan due to the quality of the product, meaning cheap stuff. (laughs) I consider our society pretty darn brainwashed by advertising that makes everything seem like a must-have product, even if you don't really need the product. You know you've all seen those advertisements on TV. You get them in the mail. We're inundated right now this time of year during the holidays. They're very, very clever at manipulating our thoughts and feelings. So we start to think that, oh, we really need it. We, we really, really need that product. We really want that product. And want and need is not really the same thing. I admit that I do succumb to this powerful force sometimes too. It's hard for me to walk by clothes or purses or shoes and pretty jewelry in the stores and not want to own those things. But that doesn't really make sense for me to want those things because I certainly don't need them. I, in my line of business, wear very casual clothes, such as my jeans and my logo shirt when I'm working with my clients. The rest of the time when I'm working from home, I'm in my comfy clothes. I don't really have a big need for the jewelry, the purses, the shoes, and the dresses. I do occasionally go to network meetings, and so sometimes I'll try and have that conversation in my head that, oh, you can use them for when you go to your network meetings. But realistically, most people dress so casually now to these kinds of events that It's not necessary. I really only need a few dresses and nicer things for special occasions. So I have to have that conversation in my head when I'm shopping to make sure I'm not doing that impulse buying for things that I know will just end up sitting in my closet for quite some time. How do we overcome those powerful forces of the advertising world? You know, when you walk in those stores, you see those beautiful displays. They're very eye-catching. They're colorful. They're designed by people who specialize in attracting your attention so that you want to have it. Our best bet to overcome this temptation is to always have a plan when you're going shopping. No more wandering around to just see what you see and end up buying more than you need or things that you don't need. Go shopping with a goal, meaning you really, really, really should just have a list and then stick to it. Stores rely on your impulse shopping. So they have set up those attractive displays with inexpensive items to hit you in the face as soon as you walk into the store. You've seen them all. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, especially when you go to places like Target. They also strategically place inexpensive things right at the checkout so that you are, again, doing some impulse buying because you think, oh, it's only a dollar. Really, nothing's really just a dollar anymore, is it? It's those things in the checkout line are a couple dollars. 
So you start grabbing a couple of things and putting them on the belt with everything else you're checking out with. And so you don't realize how that impulse buy is adding up. Target has pretty much mastered this for your shopping experience as you come in and as you go out. You know at Target at the front of the store, when you walk in, they have those dollar bins, everything that's priced between a dollar to five dollars. Oh, it's so attractive. There's things that always catch your eye when you walk in, and that's the goal. They want you to start browsing through to see what might interest you. And because specifically they're all so inexpensive, you start throwing them in your cart or your basket, and before you know it, you walk out of that little section with 25 to $30 worth of goods. Most of it is not anything you need. Most of it is made pretty cheaply, so they won't last. So definitely not good quality items. Specifically those electronics they have over there, they're so tempting, but they're usually outdated and they're not made of quality. So eventually those things are going to be quickly used up and discarded, which creates that whole waste cycle of disposable everything. Everything we own in this society seems to be very disposable. And the goal for the companies is strategically to make them disposable so that we're always buying. We're always in that buying and acquiring loop. We buy, we use, we dispose, we need again, we buy, we use, we dispose, and buy. It's very strategic on their part. We're pretty much manipulated by these big corporations, and we're constantly bombarded by their tactics. So you need to be very strategic when you go into the stores, because I definitely have been suckered in by those inexpensive products. They just catch your eye, don't they? So it's really best to have a plan to go in knowing what you want, and then try to avoid doing the browsing part because there's some other stores that really have mastered that as well. I don't know if you have an Aldi's or a Lidl's in your area, but you go into an Aldi's for your milk and eggs and you come out with crazy things like a yoga mat or a drill or clothes even. So they don't have a lot of those kind of products. It's not the size or scale of a Target but it's a grocery store and then the center, they have this area with all sorts of random things that change week by week. And because the price tag is so small on most of those things compared to if you were shopping for those items somewhere else, it becomes super tempting. So the best bet is to avoid those aisles if you can and to just keep your blinders on while you're shopping. Go through your list, just focus on that and step away from the shiny object. If you do see a shiny object that catches your eye, do not touch it, especially women. Studies have actually shown that once you touch an item, your brain begins to have a feeling of possession. So that just makes the desire that much stronger for you to think you need it and have to have it. And before you know it, it's in your cart and you're buying something you don't need or you don't have room for and it just becomes clutter. Stop yourself and ask really important questions before you put something in your cart. Do I have something like this already? Does it have a practical purpose? Do I have a place to put it in my home? Will I really use this? How long will this last? Is it just a trendy item that will be obsolete quickly? And that goes for fashion too. All of those questions are things that you should have at the ready in your brain when you are shopping, especially if you're shopping at a store that you know is targeting you specifically. You need to be prepared to counter the temptations with these questions so that you are not just constantly succumbing to these shiny objects. I do highly recommend that if you do have children, 
to model that process. Ask the questions out loud in front of your children so they see you going through that struggle and maybe coming to the conclusion that, no, I really don't need it. I really don't think this is a good quality item or I already have something just like this at home or something similar that does the similar thing. So I don't really need it. If you can just start modeling that with your kids, it'll be a great lesson for them so that they aren't always in that impulse shopping mode and that instant gratification mode, which our society has really programmed us to be in. Don't fall for the consumer manipulation. These companies are selling stuff to you and that is their goal. They don't care how they're made. They don't care about the quality or the materials or how they're sourced. They only want to make money off of you and your impulse shopping. So don't be manipulated by them. Another strategy you might think about trying is that if you know you have some stores that are your kryptonite, that you go in there and you end up coming out with way more than you planned on getting, maybe you can trade shopping uh, with the spouse. So for example, if your spouse really goes crazy when they go to Home Depot and it just doesn't do anything for you, then have your spouse give you the list to fulfill. You will definitely stick to the list because you could care less about Home Depot. And if your kryptonite is Target, give the list to your partner if they are not also weak at Target. Same for Costco, all these Lidl's, all of these shopping places are so set up to visually catch your eye and tempt you to have an impulse purchase. So try and outsmart them by sharing your list with your partner, if you have one, that can go in more strategically with that list and only focus on the list. Another strategy might be to do your shopping online. That's great too, but again, these big companies have strategically figured out using algorithms how to make sure they're repeatedly getting in front of you. So once you are shopping on whosever site you're on for something, even if you're just browsing or looking for ideas, now those items are going to keep popping up in front of your face on a regular basis within your feeds of all your various social platforms, whether it's off to the side as another ad on your email, an ad while you're browsing on another website or on Facebook or on Instagram or anywhere else that you hang out. The algorithms have figured it out. They see where you're browsing and they start inundating you with those visuals so that it becomes more and more tempting. In advertising, they call that drip marketing because it takes seven to 10 views of seeing something before you buy. And so they know that and they're using the technology and the algorithms to get you one way or another. Since we're in the heart of holiday season and there's so many different holidays being celebrated this time of year, the best bet is to prepare your home for anything new that you are expecting to come in as gifts. You really don't want to keep absorbing new things without making proper homes for those new items. And it's hard to do that if your home is already full. So your job is going to have to be to focus on purging what you no longer use, need, love, or is in proper working order. So take a look at your list, your children's list, and think about what it is you are asking for and where you plan to home those items once they are given. Do you have a specific place for them? If not, you really do need to figure out where they're going to live. And if you need to make room in those places, then this is the time to do it before all that stuff comes in. Because once you have everything in your house, all those gifts are unwrapped and piled up everywhere, you're going to feel a little too overwhelmed to do the purging part and you're going to just start cramming them into places 
and that just won't work for anybody. So try to prepare for that craziness onslaught of new gifts by doing some purging and getting them to people who will actually re-love them. The things you may no longer need or use or love can definitely help another person in need. So think about donating maybe your children's toys and puzzles and books to your local elementary schools. They love to get all those games and toys and things for their indoor recess times because when it's cold out or rainy out, they have to have their recess in the classroom. So teachers are really grateful for anything that you can provide in that realm. You might want to also consider donating those same types of items to shelters. The shelters need toys and books for their uh, residents. So think about donating them to another good cause rather than just pitching them. You may have some children's games that are not complete sets or puzzles that are missing pieces, but I would actually suggest that if you have the time to post those on Facebook Marketplace as giveaways, because you'd be surprised at the people who are super creative with all those missing pieces, or maybe they just want to frame and hang a game board on the wall in their children's playroom. Some people may want to try and get other sets that aren't complete in order to make a complete set if they're missing pieces for their game. So think about trying to give away those items. I know my children's elementary school teachers used old puzzle pieces and turned them into little uh, reindeer pins, and those were really cute. So people are looking for things like that to re-love and use in alternative ways. So think about that as another way to purge your items rather than just throwing them away. You can put them to good use. I like to say, let others re-love what you no longer need or love. When it comes to the holiday gift giving season, try to think of ways that you can give more gifts that are experiences or consumable items, rather than just more toys, more books, more clothes, more clutter. Because that's what a lot of this stuff at the gift giving time becomes. It's usually the inexpensive things that just, again, are going to be used and then thrown away. Try to think more specifically about each person and what kind of experience that you could give. Maybe maybe your child likes laser tag. So get them a pass book or gift card with so many sessions at laser tag. Maybe your child's interested in learning bowling or sewing. So sewing lessons would be a great gift. Maybe somebody in your family is a foodie. Maybe you could get them a gift basket with some really unique, special, foods. Maybe somebody you are going to be visiting for the holidays loves their wine. Get a specific special wine that maybe they wouldn't spend the money on. Or maybe it's a a liquor, a cognac, or some special alcohol that they wouldn't spend the money on. So all of those gift ideas are either experiences or consumables, which don't take up any room in your home. They don't add clutter to your house. Maybe taking a special family vacation So that's the gift for everybody, for the whole family. You go away, you have a great family time. Maybe it's Disney World or maybe to the beach or skiing for the weekend. Whatever it is, it's more of an experience rather than adding clutter to your lives. Along with holidays and gift giving and shopping comes the plethora of decorations. Are you one of those people who decorates to the hilts with your entire home and yard and have tons and tons of decorations? That's a special kind of person. You probably have a storage room full, full, full of bins and all kinds of lights and blow-ups and everything. And that's great if you're using them all and you don't mind the takedown every year. 
I personally think that would be exhausting. <laughs> it might be fun to set up, but the takedown part would kind of annoy me if I had that much to deal with. So I like to keep it simple personally, but that's just my own preference. There's definitely an in-between all of that. So if year after year after year you're pulling out all your bins of decorations and you tend to just stick with the same ones and then kind of tuck the rest of them back in their boxes and put them back in the storage, then you might want to start thinking about how you can start letting go of some of those decorations you've stopped using. I think people go through phases with their decorations too, so they want to change their style. And at that point, that's a good indication that you can let go of those things you're no longer using. Decorations are a little hard to donate, however, after the holidays because most charities don't want them after the holidays because they just don't have the storage for them. So you may need to consider using the Facebook Marketplace or FreeCycle as a platform to give away decorations that are still in good shape but that you don't want to use anymore. And we know every year we find strings of lights that don't work, right, after you plug them in to test them. It's inevitable you'll find a string or two or more that no longer work. So please don't throw those in the trash. Electronics should never, ever be thrown in the trash. Best Buy takes anything with a plug for recycling. So throw it in a bag or in a box, but then you need to immediately put it in your car and preferably in the front seat where you'll see the bag or the box so that you remember to actually drop it off at Best Buy. Also, if you have a Trader Joe's, they also have a collection section for holiday lights. But whatever you do, I highly recommend you don't put that box or bag of discarded lights in your trunk or you may end up driving around with your Christmas lights in the back of your car for six months before you realize that they're there. Again, just put them in the front seat so you don't forget about them. So now it's time to make room for the new by purging the old. It's time to start being more strategic with your shopping and outsmarting those big corporations that want you to buy everything that you see, everything that you touch, and make you think that you must have it, but you don't. So remember your questions to ask yourself while you're shopping and be a much more conscious consumer. What is your strategy for avoiding the temptation of impulse buying? Do you have any? If you do have a strategy that I didn't talk about here, share your strategy on any of the social media or make a comment on the podcast platform and tell us how you are a conscious shopper. After listening to this podcast today, I hope you have some useful takeaways and feel super motivated to get organized. But maybe you're at a loss with how to start or where to go next in your organizing journey. Wouldn't it be amazing to have me right there to guide you through the process when you're losing motivation or feeling stuck with what to do next? I may not live near you, so through the wonders of our modern technology, I can be right by your side. Virtually, of course. You heard me. I offer virtual organizing. Reach out to me through my website linked below and we could schedule your first session today. Also, don't forget to reach out to me on social media with comments about an episode or a topic you would like covered in a future podcast. Links are below in the show notes. Go get your organizing on.